0: Mana, 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 This is social disgusting. Ah, welcome to Social Disgusting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is a comedian, a composer, a personality, with a slew of new creative endeavors that are out, including a conceptual rock opera entitled Cheryl, Shake Hands, which is part one of a three-part series of Ember's Etiquette that just debuted on Adult Swim, and the podcast Welcome to Jackass, a podcast about jackass and friendship, co-hosted with past guest Vera Drew. They love the Beach Boys. They hate parking tickets. Please welcome Ember Knight. Welcome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's me, Ember. That was such a good intro, and now I feel like a very successful person because all of my accomplishments have been listed.
0: That's a that's a hell of a list. Of it's a lot of stuff
1: to be happening in like the past four weeks.
0: <laughs> See, okay, that's well, that's amazing. I knew it was recent, but to put it in that context of a month, four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you're having, I dare say, a moment with a capital M.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. It's actually today is one month since Cheryl came out um so that's cool
0: that is cool and i know that well uh, at the time of this recording yesterday welcome to jackass your podcast with vera just came out and then two days or a day prior to that or maybe it maybe yeah it was tuesday yeah that's when part one or monday 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 Monday? Monday night yeah i watched it that first episode it's great i really really liked it
1: thank you so much
0: yeah it's very um i don't know how to describe it i guess like uh surreal uh mr Rogers?
1: yeah that's that's a good way
0: i it's, it um it's great it made <laughs> me feel really happy no no and they're <laughs> really happy that's all i got please
1: oh man the the one thing that i've learned since uh covid about uh, talking Without being able to see someone's face, is that I interrupt way more because I just can't tell <laughs> when your like mouth is about to open, so <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't know till the word starts coming out, and then I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I, I've one thing I've learned to doing this, especially obviously, I'm definitely like that person too, where I am way better in person because like I can see what people are thinking to some degree, sure, yeah, and read them. I'm like that because if there's silence and they could just be that they're letting me talk, I get so self-conscious. So yeah. Because I'm like, oh, they're not liking any of this. So let me just <laughs> let me just talk 45 seconds longer and then really like- They're just like, frowning
1: as- with their <laughs> thumbs pointed down and you can't see.
0: Meanwhile, they're the happiest they've ever been in their lives yeah. and I'm overcompensating. And just it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of by the end of this, they will do the exact thing that I suspect that they do. Perfect. Yeah,
1: which is be uncomfortable yeah, exactly. because you're being weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's good podcasting right there. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, no, that that's a good description of of the new. I don't know if you've seen. Um, we started putting out a web series at the beginning of this year. Me and Bobby McCoy and the folks over at his company Redacted Emotions, which is our bedroom, um, <laughs> we started putting out a, a web series called uh, The Ember Night Show.
0: I did. I watched the the three episodes that are out there.
1: Oh, fantastic! Yeah, we we tried pitching that to Adult Swim, and um, they said no. They didn't like it. But then we talked to somebody else. Um, we pitched it to Cam Tang. He comes from workaholics, so it's just not really okay. his. His uh, it's not quite his speed. But then we <laughs> pitched it to Dave Hughes, who run, who does Off the Air, and he does the Smalls program. And he's like very. I don't know. I, I think he's a wonderful person and has like a, a huge heart and a huge capacity for um, exploration and like mm-hmm. supporting new, interesting up and comers. Um, and he loved it, so he funded the. The three episodes that that we're going to get to have on the internet that are coming out. The the next two are coming out the next two Mondays. But they were very much like us adapting what we did on the Ember Night Show and trying to make it into a two to three minute format so that we could get it on the smallest program.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool to have that. I mean, to your point, some certain people, I guess, have their aesthetics and the things that they they look toward and it's just not for them, but to have somebody, you know, take a chance on you and support you like that, that's got to be like really fulfilling.
1: Yeah, I was really I'm really happy. And I think like this is not to pick on Cam in any way, but like in terms of talking to executives in general, I feel like even though it should be their job to understand a rough draft and to understand like what something could be if there was funding, Mm -hmm. they generally don't like both with videos and with songs like if you show a rough demo or like any version where there wasn't any money behind it. And so that's, it's just the structure. It's just like a little bit of the performance, but maybe like the lighting's not very good or the set pieces don't look good or like- It's like you they know, take it
0: too literally of like, oh, this is Yeah, they're like, the oh, shows. I, I yeah. don't see
1: it. I don't like it. And it's like, well, if you just threw a few dollars at it to grease it, it, <laughs> it would polish up pretty nicely.
0: <laughs> You're like, yeah, this is, think of it not as the finished novel. This is a draft. Think of exactly. it of, of not, yeah, do a little projection of what it could be. I guess that's why like the- uh, seemingly like the cliche in Hollywood meetings is they always have to pitch it as like it's this meets that. Yeah. So they can whatever can both like encapsulate what the thing is while making them have to do the least work in their head.
1: Yes. <laughs> 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 but yeah it's funny that you you said Mr. Rogers because when we were writing the Ember Night show the main influences were Mr. Rogers Neighborhood and the show mm-hmm. Jackass. We wanted to like take what is so intimate and straightforward and connected and safe about mr rogers yeah but then also in like acknowledge the thrill of breaking rules and being a motherfucker and like (laughs) what is fun about being an adult um and what is risk-taking because those are like the two extremes of stuff that i like yeah and like there's not really room for one in each other's world generally like there's not room for jackass and mr rogers and there's not room for mr rogers and jackass and i was like what What if we tried to shove them together and we put it in a very cute, colorful package? Like, what would it be?
0: Yeah, that's a tough... That's a tough balance or a tough, to your point, a a tough combination of elements. But I do think that as somebody who, like, one of the first things when I worked at Blockbuster after I got my paycheck, one of the first things I bought was the MTV Jackass box set. Hell yeah. Love it. (laughs) We have it here. Love it. Those movies, too, it's some of the single, like, hardest incidents of my laughing ever. Oh, yeah. They are so funny, but I think that they're... I feel like if there's a Venn diagram of Mr. Rogers and Jackass, which is an amazing statement to say. But if there's like a an overlap there, I do think there is an absolute innocence and earnestness and like it's really just it's delightful. It, it means well and it's just fun and playful. Exactly. And I love that. I exactly. I I because like there's not especially on jackass, it's just being playful and mischievous, and it's obviously and and I know your your podcast is about this too, they dearly love each other, and yeah. it comes from no place of malice whatsoever, yeah,
1: if you see your friend go through some fucked up shit, like you love them more,
0: yeah, well, yeah, yeah no exactly that's yeah, exactly, and I do think that you know they what was it like the quote is like the imitation is the most sincere form of flattery yeah i think that honestly like to me the number one sign of like my friends loving me and, and just conversationally and, and i'm and i love them is giving them shit, like needling them in a playful oh, yeah. way that oh, is God. the ultimate it's the best
1: yeah, I've, I've said it a bunch of times. Like the, I feel the most loved and the most seen if somebody says, Ember, shut the fuck up. Ember, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Like from a place of love as opposed yeah. to like getting quiet and uncomfortable or something. Like I'm always trying to find that fun, playful dynamic and have it be a safe thing. And like sometimes people hate me for that or like don't see it. They think I'm just being a dick for no reason. But like <laughs> I grew up best. on, you know, on like golden age of cartoons, like Looney Tunes shit, like. I'm always trying to find that dynamic because I think yeah. it's fun.
0: I love it. I love it, and I, I think too that it reminds me that with my um like my friend Angela and some other friends, they'll give me shit, and then sometimes it'll legitimately annoy me or make me angry. <laughs> and I was like that that, and I just text back like that pissed me off. Well done, because it's just because I know because it's like there's no malice in it. Yeah, just, it's just like fuck you got me. Well done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's an art.
0: Yeah. But it's also like just the idea of like it's the most the most joyous and like they got you, there's a vulnerability there, but you know that it comes from just pure abject love.
1: Yeah, if it comes from love and it comes from trust, then it's fun. And it's not trolling. Like the, the only problem with trolling is that there's like a big disconnect and there's no care for how it's being received. Yeah. But like if you care about somebody and like it's coming from a place of like facilitating interaction, but like ultimately you want us to both have fun then like you can kind of, I mean, this is a broad statement, but I think you can kind of do no wrong <laughs> if both people have that kind of sense of humor.
0: Yeah, no, I think to your point, like in a way, pretty much like, everything's on the table, you know, sure. because it's like a, it's just active trust falls, you know? Yeah. You, you know, you have each other's back. You'll never do anything in malice. And if it does, like for whatever reason, somehow cross the line just because somebody's having a bad day or you go too hard at it, I guess, but you think, fi- you know, it still redefines boundaries and you figure it out. Yeah, then you just
1: talk about it because you care about each other. Absolutely.
0: I love that. Not to get like super professional. (laughs) Not that that was ever ever a problem for me. But you said something in an interview with Garage that uh, that really resonated with me. Sure. And it was, you said, joyful optimism is not pussy shit. It's actually way harder and way more brutal to be good and to have good manners and to try hard and to say you're sorry. It is so, so much more brutal and so much more brave than being like, nah, nah, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, that resonated with me hardcore because I completely agree with you. Fuck yeah. It's great. I'm
1: so glad. Yeah, um that that is exactly. is tough. Exactly true. Yeah, Ruth, ruthless optimism, um being joyfully sus. Like I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like I I'm someone who's studied a lot about um like kind of what I see as the crossover between like um like nonviolent resistance and like these big pedestalized figures like Gandhi and like mm-hmm. And then, like, like the dynamics of Looney Tunes and the Marx Brothers and, like, the Animaniacs even did it really well. Where, like, what's good about those movements is the moments where they're funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where, like, you can't break someone's spirit and they just come back with the same vibe that is still joyful and still positive. Yeah. And, like, that is, I think, like, the... If we can figure out how to do that in social movements, if enough people can get on board with having a twinkle in their eye and like approaching a problem with the vibe that they're hoping to achieve instead of with an angry vibe, which is insanely hard. But if you can do that, if you can be Harpo Marx, like (laughs) fucking with somebody and like just not nothing, like whether they throw you in jail, like no matter what, like you still have this, this like ruthless twinkle and positivity, then you win. Like, even Absolutely. if you're killed, you win. And so, Absolutely. like, like I hate to get political because I think it's a bad vibe, but that's exactly what I'm talking about is, like, if we can hack that vibe and make it into the vibe of, like, this classic underdog comedic character, if we can do that together, I think we could save humanity.
0: I don't. I don't disagree with that. I think, <laughs> you know, I said this the other day on an episode, actually, but I think that, like, ego will be the death of us. Sure. You know, if we can get past that and as somebody who has anxiety and depression and i take lexaprone it just it helps me but i i have realized too that like uh my ego just uh, just being comfortable with myself and getting over my shit has helped me so much to be able to to honestly navigate a world that doesn't give a fuck about it yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's easy to say it's very difficult to do and it's a constant uh readjustment for me certainly
1: yeah I, I, i've been thinking i tweeted about it last night but in a very vague way because i'm bad at twitter but uh (laughs) please don't follow me on twitter i'm terrible there but like i have like a mental illness that i struggle with like this bad thought process where i think that in order for people to love me they need to be jealous of me Mm. which like doesn't make any sense like i think that i need to be so impressive and be the only one talking in order to be allowed to exist socially and in order to be loved and it like is so the opposite. Like, the people that I love the most in my life are the people who listen to me and, like, hold a space for me. They're not the people who, like, preach at me or are doing so well, you know? Yeah. Not that it has to do with how well anybody's doing, but, like, there's this fallacy that that if you are on some kind of pedestal or you're achieving some kind of ideal that that will translate into love, and it, like, doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, because, what well, to your point, like, it's like you're you're climbing a mountain that is endless, yeah. you know, because it's not like, because it's, it's, it's the concept of like, well, I'm an actor. So then I'm going to win an Oscar and that's going to solve everything. No. Or that's, you know, like the, the Oscar is going to fill this void. And it's just like, no, then you just think, okay, now what?
1: Yeah. Whereas if you like help your friend achieve something, they will love you forever and they will do anything for you. Like that is so much more fulfilling, but it's not the way that our our shit is like set up to promote like nothing in school tells you that you should help your friend get a good grade. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Even then, it's not really focused on necessarily learning something, but just achieving whatever an A means to you. You know, yeah. I think about this more and more, too, of just like, uh, you know, I don't know how much I really learned as as opposed to just memorizing something long enough to then answer questions on a piece of paper. Totally. And uh, it's really not, you know, it's not helped me a lot. I guess it helps you you know with your brain process maybe and just brain development and maybe that does it. I don't know, but either way, they boy, they got me because I was all in on school. <laughs> 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 Hook line and sinker. They got me. <laughs>
1: did you do extracurricular activities?
0: Uh I did, yeah. Not not like a ton. It was more of just um just like super focusing on getting good grades. Yeah. Because I'm definitely more, you know. There seem some people that that I actively resented because it was just like they literally slept on a book and then through osmosis they just learn it and they raw to bed and then they get an A. And I had to yeah. work really hard. Uh, and I think part of that too, honestly, is just that I had undiagnosed like massive anxiety mm-hmm. that was like deeply antithetical to to learning something in an efficient way. You know, it just completely disrupted it, and I had no idea it was there until later. Jesus. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It happens. It I does. Guess. It does. I don't know.
0: <laughs> At least I know now, you know? Yeah. It's, I guess ignorance is bliss, but whatever. What can you do?
1: That makes sense, though, that you would focus in on school because it's the thing they tell you to focus in on as though it's somehow going to make you feel better if you, like, hack it and, and get the best grade.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, it was like... um it was my Oscar. It was the answer, you know? Yeah. And it was like a safe haven. And I guess it was just honestly, somebody with just that anxiety, it's just like, oh, this I can control. Yeah. For the most part, you know, you can control what you get on that thing. So, and it's also like A plus B, a plus B equals C. I, I do this, I get this. And that's kind of, that's quantifiable. I yeah. guess that's how my brain works.
1: No, that makes sense.
0: This is not to analyze you. I'm, I'm just deeply curious. When you had said about like, the tweet about people being jealous of you is that a driving force for you then
1: um i think it has been and it's something that has like had a negative impact on my friendships and collaborations and like my self-perception and so it's something that i'm like actively trying to dismantle right now yeah um it's something that i've suffered from it, it's a fallacy
0: Because of like the tunnel vision of I do this and then I get this and then, you know, letting certain things go by the wayside,
1: I guess. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's complex, but like I I was homeschooled and in and out of a lot of different programs as a kid. And I didn't really have long term friendships because I was just never in the same place for very long And we didn't have TV. I was raised in like a very low income hippie-ish household. So like I didn't have any kind of cultural influence until I was an adult. Mm -hmm. Really like almost none except like a little bit on the internet. And so I think that I've always kind of just felt behind in terms of like everybody else knows what to wear, everybody else knows what music to listen to, everybody else uh-huh. knows what you're supposed to say, how you're supposed to talk, and I don't know. Yeah. And then having that collide as uh, as soon as I moved out with like being on social media and like the, the active promotion of people trying to make each other jealous. <laughs> and so yeah. I I've, I've yeah. felt like I'm trying to catch up to what everybody knows, but also achieve the ideal that everybody agrees on of that you are supposed to manufacture envy around yourself.
0: That's a lot to process, too.
1: Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I imagine.
1: And it's, like, completely against what I actually believe in, which is that, like, things are more wonderful when they're done um, collectively, yeah. you know, with collective reward. But you have to build that system from scratch because it's not set up for you
0: Yeah, in our culture. But I, I know for me, too, that I have to... I wish I wasn't this way in some ways, but, you know, you always want what you don't have, so it's whatever, but... I have to experience those things to then know to undo them. Yeah. Unfortunately. Absolutely. So I'm definitely a learn by doing and a learn, you know, I I definitely have to not fail. I always want to use that word fail. But if you learn from it, I don't think it's a failure. But I have to at least not succeed to the degree by which I had intended to then figure it out and do better at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, like, the persona that I have, like, tried to find refuge in, like, since I was in elementary school is this, like, charismatic leader persona Mm
0: -hmm. and it
1: it works very well at first um and it it actually comes from insecurity like i'll rally a bunch of people around me and like a fun game that we're gonna play and people are really on board (laughs) and then we play for a while and then the game ends and then i feel that i have zero personality or anything else to offer when i'm no longer calling the shots for the entire group of people (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so this like this bad p- pattern has, like, followed me from my childhood into my adulthood. And, like, I have tried to create collective situations around myself in art. And it does work really well for, like, a year. And then people are like, okay, we're done. Yeah. And then I feel like I have nothing to offer the relationship outside of having created that experience for everybody.
0: or oh, like, the identity of the friendship is that project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And that's kind of what I'm trying to hack right now is, like what like I don't even know
0: <laughs> well I mean that's that yeah that's a tough thing to unpack and then to to kind of deconstruct in a way or or reconstruct I don't know just you know it's just like figuring out how to bottle that or yeah. make it I, I do think about that for myself of just like these moments where I have this absurd sometimes probably detrimental like focus like I need like need to accomplish this and I just have a drive that is just elite level drive like it's just probably to my detriment but i'm trying to figure out like how do i both reduce that intensity to some degree but then also prolong it for more than just spurts you know fits and yeah. starts and again very easy to have that project of how to do that but then it's like well what the how the fuck do i do that yeah it's,
1: it's like um it's like the question of like what if pete's dragon didn't leave yeah what if mary poppins didn't fly away after reuniting the family like how do you create long-term sustainable less exciting but more stable dynamics that aren't around like impressing everyone because you do have to leave if you're trying to impress every like because you'll run out of a bag of tricks and then you have to leave (laughs) (laughs) or everyone will get mad at you when they see that you're a real person under that and that's happened to me too like after a certain while the sheen wears off and the people i've been working with are like oh, you're just an asshole that, like, makes mistakes too. And I'm like, yes, what? Yes. And they're like, (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) I hate you.
0: (laughs) You're like, yes, to the second part. Maybe the first? Well, shit.
1: Well, yeah, no, sure. But, like, did you not know that? Like, did you think I was your new dad? Or, like, what? No. (laughs) Yeah, there's a very toxic... uh, The way people perceive authority is very toxic, where either you're absolutely perfect, and then you're a protagonist... Or if you're not absolutely perfect, you're a villain taking advantage of everyone.
0: I think about that type of thing more and more. Just the idea of, and I don't know if this is just like, this is order and this is what you perceive or just how it's going, I guess. And maybe this is some part of like the internet there. It feels like there's less room for like nuance of things to where it's either this or that. Yeah. And there's no in between to be like, well, it. Could be both. Yeah. And it could be this on a day or that on another day. Like there's just, uh, there's a lot of flexibility for where, and I'm not even specifying what that, I mean, it could be anything, but there is nuance in everything. We don't seem to allow for that.
1: Yeah. That's a lot, actually, of what the Ember Night Show is supposed to be about. Um, Like, the formula of it is that there's this, like, Mr. Rogers-esque character that I play who is extremely trustworthy and extremely connected to the viewer, but then when you go out into the real world, they make a a mistake or or they fuck up on something. Yeah. And, like, you have to deal with, like, do I still care about them? Do I still trust them? How do you acknowledge making a mistake and, and, like, being fallible and then still decide that that character is trustworthy at the end?
0: Well, that's that's interesting too. it's like the idea too of like you make a mistake and and it's like be owning that yourself while also being allowed to make the mistake by by you know, to whomever that was done. Yeah. You know, it's a yeah. reciprocal relationship. Yeah. I guess all you can do is, is your own thing and hope other people follow accordingly, but again it's vulnerability is fucking hard. Yeah. And maybe I'm just you know, speaking to my own defensiveness towards things and, and just deep-rooted insecurities with so many things. But it's difficult to really... And I'm, I'm speaking to an artist, so it's, again... But just open yourself up to, to just something you don't have control of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's a very really specific thing that I've done since I was a kid that, that we do that's so shitty. We're like, if someone does something that makes you feel bad you are like, what an asshole. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Or, or your friend will be like, they're just an asshole. They're just a dick. And it's like, there's no nuance there in the thought process of like, why did they do that? Yeah. Probably they're a human and they're the protagonist of their own story. And therefore, it's like, it, it makes us dumber to think that because then you forget that everybody is their own person with their own narrative. And they had a reason.
0: Absolutely. And also though that like, Humans are are innately curious beings, and we want answers. And that is both an answer and the easy answer, and it does the trick. Yeah. You know, oh, it's them. They suck. And then you're just like, all right, moving on. What do I solve next?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to organize the whole universe. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going
0: to feel good. (laughs) What massive thing can I fix now that they are clearly just an asshole? (laughs) So anyway... (laughs) But I mean, that's the thing, though, it's just like there are uh, it's just so rare to where there actually is an easy answer that is seemingly correct, you know, like yeah. it's this shit's supposed to be hard. We're supposed to figure this stuff out. It sucks. I don't enjoy it some days, you know, but I do like the feeling for myself of figuring out another piece of the puzzle that is uh, whatever. I mean, whatever the case may be and feeling like you've accomplished something. That's really difficult for me to beat that feeling.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because then you have to think about what's next that you can solve.
0: Yeah, yeah, it never stops. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just like, did it? Shit, I have a, a, now, now a checklist. Now there's
1: void. Yeah.
0: <laughs> God, I just need my, my Oscar to fill that void because that'll do it. Right
1: Now I need another Oscar. Yeah, I had that actually a couple days ago because like, all year long I've been like, the shorts are going to come out on Adult Swim and then they'll all see. And then, like one came out, and they did all see, and I'm like, "Oh shit, I'm still myself." Fuck.
0: Like shit. Well, I got two more Mondays, I guess. Yeah, I know. Then they'll see? Question mark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's uh, again to to summarize in a very uh, informative way. It's it's all so much.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: But you know, optimism I think goes a long way. At least it's important. It does. It's a muscle. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to say difficult to do sometimes, but I guess we all have our tendencies.
1: Yeah, well, it was what, you know, the quote that you were talking about is kind of about, like, there's just a false equation of thinking that if something has the aesthetic of being, like, dark and moody, that it's therefore more thoughtful. Mm. Or, like... It happens with performers all the time, too, where, like, if a performer is is physically big and louder, people consider it to be, like, less artistic and more crass, whereas if a performer is more subdued and talks softly into the mic, you think that it's intellectual, and, like, that's just ridiculous.
0: That is absurd. I, you know what I think that is too. I mean, this is again not uh, this is not like a thing where there is one answer and that is the correct answer. But I do think about when I see like interviews or something, and then somebody doesn't talk a lot, and then it's like the less they say, the more you have to project onto them. Yeah. And you oh, think? Oh yeah, totally. You know, and it's just like, uh, oh well, they're not saying a lot, so they're just like measured and intelligent. And it's just like <laughs> they could just be fucking dumb, yeah. and that's okay. That's They're fine. measured and
1: intelligent, and they're intelligent in the same way that I am.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, I agree with them. They're a brilliant person. Yeah. And, like, they wear glasses, too. They must be studious. Yep. Like, no. They could just be dumb and have bad eyes. It yep. happens.
1: Or the glasses are fake.
0: <laughs> That's true. I'm like, weird. There's no reflection in those lenses. I'm sure they're there, though. Why would they lie? They are simply an actor. But, yeah, projection is, especially on the internet, man, you have to watch out for that. Yeah. Because, like... You know, it's the the reader applies the tone and somebody could be completely sincere and you have no idea and then you're having a bad day and they're being sarcastic and they're a dickhead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the classic thing where we think a British accent is smart.
0: That, <laughs> well, you did a good British accent. I'll say that in Welcome to Jackass. And, and I, but I fall for that so much and I, I'm just like. Oh well here we go. And they could be saying the equivalent of like blah 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 and I'm like that's oh that's Professor. the that's the British British education system for you.
1: Or or if they're saying something dumb, you're like British humor is so much smarter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that patented dry British humor. Mm. <laughs> mm. Clearly they were they went to the footlights with the Monty Python people or whatever.
1: Yeah, and if they do something silly, you're like, it's much more risky for them because their culture <laughs> is so strict, so it's genius. <laughs>
0: Oh, clearly that's an homage to Godard films, and yes, like so much, oh, so much wild projection. It's like, no, they just made fart sounds out of their butt, and they're just now like high stepping for no reason. You're like, hmm, their farts that's are smarter. Brilliant.
1: They have smart farts. <laughs>
0: well, they do have an accent, so you know. The <laughs> <laughs> You're a big Beach Boys fan. Is that still correct?
1: That is. That'll always be true. Oh, well, I love the Richard. Beach Boys.
0: I'm not as well versed as many. I know that I was late to them, but pet sounds uh, is an all- timer. It's, it's unbeatable. It's incredible,
1: yeah. yeah. um, yeah, my favorite my favorite record is me and my friend Haley Doll of the band Sloppy Jane. Check them out. We had a CD of that, that is the record Smiley Smile, but we didn't realize that the CD was a double, it was a double disc. So it was Smiley Smile and Wild Honey. So it's a very long, lo fi Beach Boys record. It's extremely experimental. And we thought it was all one CD. We thought it was all one record. And um, we were like, this is our favorite record in the entire world. It's the best record ever. And then later, someone pointed out that it was two, two records. And we were like, no, you're wrong. Fuck you. Um, Look at this
0: idiot. They disagree with me. So please don't be stupid. <laughs> they're
1: dumb. They're not even British. Uh, but yeah, uh, Smiley Smile is so special because. Um, Brian Wilson was trying to make um, what he thought was a comedy record, which That's is so amazing. special to know. It's so weird. He's he's such a strange autistic person, and he he was trying to make this very complex comedy record that was like in competition with late stage Beatles stuff because he was always like trying to be in competition with them. They were and, always
0: um, going back and forth. It seemed. Yeah, like. yeah.
1: yeah, and uh, and it, he just fell down a rabbit hole of trying to make this record. And it, eventually they were like, you can't have any more money. You have to stop. <laughs> and so they he, just—he
0: probably would. I mean, truly like, I mean, he's a genius. But uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, if you don't put some limitations on somebody with that infinitesimal of a brain, yeah, that there will be no end. Yeah,
1: yeah, it it, need, it needed to end. So the only song that actually was finished to his taste on the record "Smiley Smile" is "Good Vibrations," and that's okay. the song that came out. That's the single, and obviously that's like one of the biggest Beach Boys songs ever, and it's perfect and it's incredible. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the record is like very lo-fi and very weird and very experimental and has like weird ad-libs and little like laugh lines and punch lines built into it. And it's just a very strange record with good vibrations in the middle. And they later, like years, years later, they did release a finished version of Smile, which is what it was supposed to be. But it's like the magic was gone. It's, it's overproduced. It's not there.
0: And also like that moment was gone too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he. I mean, he, he's on too many drugs, <laughs> too to many me. pharmaceuticals.
0: But you, you memorized that. You both did, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And all the harmonies from it and just every moment of it. It, it soothes me to listen to that record. It's deeply beautiful.
0: I need to revisit that then. Yeah. I'm, uh, deeply curious, especially I didn't know the backstory. Yeah. But I just also like the idea, too, that he was like, this is hilarious, right? Yeah.
1: yeah he thought it was, <laughs> <laughs> every song he thought it was a really funny joke.
0: <laughs> and they're just like. I'm. we're worried for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and and probably rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean what a, a checkered past in life Just yeah. everything that he endured. But, you know, it reminds me just of like Lynch films of just like, yeah, this is fucking hilarious, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's something about Smiley Smile that kind of feels like uh, Eraserhead.
0: That's interesting. It's
1: hard to describe, but like just in the way that it's kind of lo-fi but also perfect and like eerie.
0: I, you know it's funny okay I, I need to revisit that with that in mind because now i'm I'm deeply curious to see if I can feel that you'll as well. you'll feel it you'll feel it right <laughs> okay <away. laughs> okay because I know with with Lynch stuff especially like I love his work but I feel like I don't always gauge the same humor that other people do and maybe I just need to revisit them now in my life and just wasn't I guess ready for it but mm-hmm. I want to feel that feeling and feel like I'm in on the joke and I'm just not quite there yet I don't think
1: I recommend. Taking a look at his visual art, I don't know if you have. I'm not. There was like a big book of his visual art at stories cafe that bobby and i used to go and visit because we liked this one picture in it (laughs) it's like a coffee table book like a big art book and his pictures are just like very nightmarish and terrifying but they're also just like the captions will make them very funny or they'll be weirdly sexual and there's this one sketch that's just a a picture of a whole family on a farm with big smiley faces and they're all getting head from farm animals (laughs) and then there's There's a dog in the corner that's pooping, and it's just like that's amazing. But it's like a a picture that like a kid would draw, and like everyone's smiling really big. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that's exactly his sense of humor.
0: Okay, that that makes a lot of sense, especially just thinking about him and just the juxtaposition of like seems like just the sweetest man, and you know what from Minnesota, and just has that like sensibility, very unassuming. In a yeah. lot of ways. And then and then he's just... Like the idea of like, you meet him, you don't know who he is. And he's like, you want to see a short film I made? And you're just like, I am fucking frightened by you. Because yeah. the, the one does not seem to... Not that you have to, but you just wouldn't expect that from the mild-mannered person he is. Totally. But also it's just like, thank God he has that outlet. <laughs> because I don't know what... You know, like, it's just like... I've talked about this before on here. But like, if Michael Jordan, who is a competitive maniac, didn't have basketball? Oh yeah. There would in theory possibly be less people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> because he you have to you know if you you know he has a soul focus and thank god for yeah,
1: that. Yeah, sure. No, I agree. David Lynch would be I mean, I don't know how good he is to his family, but if he didn't have a film career, I'm sure he would be horrific.
0: God. It's like not if he didn't have a film career and transcendental meditation. Yeah. Things would be different, and I don't suspect for the better.
1: No. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I do want to say, it's funny that you brought up the Beach Boys, because um, the one last thing I want to say about Smiley Smile is that it was the, it's the record that made me feel like I could put out a record, because I don't, I didn't consider myself a musician or to, or somebody who could play any instruments, even though I had been like writing songs for years. Mm -hmm. And um having such a being able to love and enjoy a record that was incomplete made me feel like I could put something out that was technically incomplete or was not like polished
0: oh like I didn't know I could do that you could do yeah, that. yeah.
1: so like that's why I put out the disappointment cowboy I never would have put it out if I didn't listen to that record because it, it is it's like a weird flawed you know album that is is full of mistakes and is like very lo-fi but it, uh that that Beach Boys record gave me permission
0: that's great and also, yeah, it's just like oh there are no rules yeah or they are whatever I whatever I dictate dicta- what the artist dictates them to be <laughs>
1: oh my god somebody commented that on the Adult Swim video they were like I guess there's no rules to art <laughs>
0: <laughs> and while like again the, the reader adds the tone and you're in a good mood and you're like indeed yeah <laughs> true <laughs> true <laughs> indeed person who is sincere and being nice to me currently <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I know we, we talked about the many projects you've had in the last four weeks, but what all do you want to point people toward?
1: Uh, I mean, all of those things are actually really great. Um, <laughs> <so> I, I <laughs> you recommend have a Patreon, them, too. Them all, I do have a Patreon. Oh, my God. That's the thing, then. Yeah, because um, we want to finish the this first season of The Ember Night Show. Yes. Um, there's, there's three more episodes that... I'm writing right now, but we don't have the funds to make them. It's a pretty okay. cheap show, but I do need to raise a little bit of money. So the episodes are going to be uh, Getting Mad, uh, Sharing, and Goodbyes. And That's great. Yeah, so if you subscribe to my Patreon, you will get... You'll be able to see a lot of annoying posts and videos from me if you want to get to know me more. I post on it a lot and um, that money will go directly towards finishing that web series. So that would be awesome. super super sick if anybody wants to subscribe to that.
0: Patreon.com slash Hell yeah. <clears throat> Let's try it one more time. Patreon.com slash <laughs> E-M-B-E-R-K-N-I-G-H-T. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for coming on. I love this. This is great.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. What a treat. Absolutely.
0: So thank you all for listening. Please take care. Please wear a mask. Please uh, practice empathy, which we should be doing anyway. But hey, pandemic. So please, thank you. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.